Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello, and welcome to another episode of I Weigh with Jamila Jamil. I hope that you are well and rested, because I'm bloody not. No, because last week I got a puppy. And I, uh, while I, I admit that he is the cutest thing I've ever seen, and I already genuinely love him, and he's a great addition to our family, Christ, it's a lot. They don't really warn you about how much a lot it is. And all the videos you see on social media and TikTok and, you know, YouTube are all of a puppy's cutest moments. They don't really warn you about how much they bite and how much that hurts and uh, how much pissing there is. Uh, There's no sleeping at night, only during the day. Uh, So therefore, I haven't slept in about five days, which is why I might be a bit loopy and rambly today. I apologise in advance. It's only going to get worse over the next couple of weeks. I think by week four, I'll be speaking in tongues if this dog does not let me sleep and he's already at eight weeks shagging everything he touches which I didn't think happened that young I thought there'd be some innocence but no his blanket his dinner plate his crate his bed my leg shagging everything it's like having a crazed horny teenage vampire in my house who's just incredibly cute Uh, I still do recommend getting a dog just brace yourself because it's three or four weeks I'm sure of chaos before you then get man's best friend right now he is man's absolute biggest liability but uh he's very sweet and i will be posting pictures of him online very soon i've just been too busy cleaning up piss uh anyway moving on so today's show is one i'm very excited about because i love the guest and he's someone i've become very good friends with this year while we've been filming a show together it's called legendary it's out now it's on hbo max it was just released the first two episodes and it's really 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 fucking good and i'm really proud of it and i hope you watch it and enjoy it um but also So he's such a special man with such a special life story and it feels like I am getting in early on the future biggest star of the world. Uh, So I feel so lucky to have him on on this podcast because he's so special. So we've been making the show together called Legendary. And it's a celebration of the ballroom community. So that's where voguing comes from. Some people think Madonna is responsible for voguing. She isn't. She was just paying homage to the ballroom community. It is essentially a safe space for young people of colour who are often queer or trans to be safeguarded and to be uh, to experience acceptance and love and to be able to celebrate their identities and really be who they are. So it is such a special community and what I love about this show that we're making it's a reality tv show dance competition is the fact that it's not your average competition show it is it's also kind of documentary style taking us back through the history of ballroom and also these people's real life stories you know so many of the stories that we see about young people of color especially those who are queer and trans 
they are devastating stories of of their murders or you know the their ostracization or death penalties around the world and and different ways in which their rights are consistently being removed by the government and what I love about shows like this or shows like Pose is that while we acknowledge that, we also just show the the side that the media never tells you, which is the beauty and the glory and the win and the love and the passion of Ballroom. These are these are not your average people. They are better than your average people. They are more accepting, more interesting, more inspiring, more resilient than anyone else I've ever met or come across. And so it's really, it's really exciting to be a part of a show that is showcasing that to people who maybe didn't understand this culture, didn't know about it. I hope that some kid who lives in a community where maybe they don't feel accepted or safe to be themselves knows that these people exist and there is a world for you where you will be accepted and loved and honoured. And and I hope that this show will galvanise you to go out and find those people, find your real tribe, find your chosen family if you aren't supported at home. Um, but also... It's exciting for us to be able to see that so much of the things that so many of the things that we love in music and art and dance and hair and makeup and language and particular language, all of it comes from ballroom. And no one knows that because it gets siphoned and stolen from by other more mainstream communities, which is really frustrating. And, you know, ballroom kind of lives underground or it has done until now with shows like Pose on FX and now this show, Legendary. And I think it's really great that finally the money, the recognition and the stage goes to the people who created so much of what we love. At long last, they can no longer be stolen from and no longer be exploited. They can just be celebrated. Uh, the show is is one of my favourite things I've been a part of, but it's also been been an interesting journey for me before we get into Deshaun's interview it would be a bit weird for me not to address the fact that when it was announced that I was a part of this show uh people responded in a very mixed way <laughs> I heard say there was a lot of backlash a lot of rage to about my involvement in this show because I am a cis woman I am not black or Latinx which is predominantly what the ballroom uh, community is made up of and also I'm just not part of ballroom I'm someone who's been a spectator someone who used to go to balls but never walk in them or, or be a part specifically of the culture and I completely understand that they would wonder why someone like myself or Megan Thee Stallion who's another one of the judges on the show um, alongside also Laura Roach and Leomi Maldonado, why in particular us two were involved, it it is incredibly annoying that uh, communities or modernised people needs, need people who are more mainstream and more accepted and more privileged to be able to leverage their ability to get onto a mainstream network or show. It's something that is uh, a problem still in our industry and I, I totally empathise with the fact that no... No one should need an ally. No one should need someone with millions of followers to be able to justify them being able to have their own TV show celebrating their amazing culture. But unfortunately, this is an industry that runs on advertising and it's a money industry. It's a business industry where people who pay for it want to guarantee numbers. They want to guarantee viewing figures and the things that guarantee that are people with big platforms. And because our society is still so backwards, most of the people from Ballroom do not yet still have 
millions and millions and millions of followers and, and, and the ability to be press household names. And so having someone like Megan The Stallion in particular being one, you know, history making superstar is so great for the show. And I myself am able as an ally to just bring my audience to come and learn about this culture with me on the show. So in addressing it, I'm just saying that I totally get it. And, and I, and I'm still happy to be a part of the show because without big names, this show couldn't have gotten made and I'm glad it's been made because I think it's really special and it's something that I'm really proud of. And I am the window in for those of you who don't know anything about ballroom culture. I'm learning, Megan's learning and you get to learn alongside with us. So it's on HBO Max, it's out now. And uh, the thing that is the most special I would say about this show is Deshaun Wesley, my guest today. He has never hosted a TV show before and there were cameras and uh, rowdy audience members. We were shooting into the early hours of the morning. He's got an earpiece, an auto cue, and he just delivered like a boss. He is so cool and charming and charismatic and sexy and talented and graceful. I, uh, I, think, I think maybe I'm in love with him. I don't know. Uh, James is okay with it. He gets it. I think he's in love with him too. Uh, I think I must have proposed to Deshaun at least three times uh, during the filming of Legendary. And uh, he is my uh, he's my new TV husband. So please uh, join me in celebrating the unbelievable talent and human that is Deshaun Wesley. So I am joined today by the king of voguing. It is Deshaun Wesley. Hello. Hello, hello, Jamila. Are you putting on an extra sexy voice I right am now? not. I just have this daytime <laughs> voice. <laughs> Wait, what's your nighttime voice? It's more like, let's go. Let's bring it. Her. Okay, fine. Uh, you have one of my favorite voices in the world. Oh, thank you, love. So we know each other because we are working on a TV show together. It's called Legendary. Mm-hmm. It's on HBO Max. Legendary. And it is a ballroom competition, not the kind of ballroom that you've heard of back in the day. Mm-hmm. It's voguing ballroom. Mm. Would you explain to people what the world of ballroom is? What the world of ballroom is. I mean, you know, I think everyone have a, a slight idea of the of where it came from, where it derived from. But uh, Well, I think a lot of people think of voguing, they think of Madonna. Yes. And actually, this goes way back to Harlem. Way back before that. And I'll take it back to where they had, you know, during these pageantry years and like back in the 60s mm-hmm. where, you know, um, people of color were in pageants and they felt like the treatment wasn't being fulfilled equally between everyone. So this one contestant, Crystal Libasia, mm-hmm. felt like things weren't right and wanted to I'm step beautiful, on it. Darling. I'm beautiful, darling. It's not your <laughs> fault, sweetie. It's not your fault. And she t- took a walk away in a stance that, you know, for everyone to say that we all matter no matter what color, size, you know, race, anywhere we come from, we can do it. But, you know, let's start our own. And this ballroom culture sort of derived from there. So it really started before Madonna. Madonna found it in the club, picked it up, got some voguers in the community and brought it on into a platform. And that was kind of that exposed to what... Was it Willie Ninja who was working with Madonna? Well, you know what? Willie Ninja was actually one of the people on the forefront who brought it to mainstream, if you right. want to be honest. He, um, if we take it back to like... Uh, 
a music video that was out before, or music that was out before Madonna. You have um, In My House with Queen Latifah, mm-hmm. and Willie Ninja was a part of that. Um, Michael McLaren, um, Deep in Vogue, you have these videos that was out representing what Vogue was and shown the authenticity of it. You know, Madonna just put it on that platform for it to be seen. So it didn't start with Madonna. No, I know. The <laughs> massive misconception. <Yes>. <laughs> um, I'm so happy to now be allowed into this world just mm-hmm. as a spectator. I'm one of the judges on this show. It's a proper competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deshaun, you are the voice, you are the commentator, oh, you are yes. the king. Gorgeous. Oh, uh, and we have have eight incredible houses. Mm-hmm. A house is kind of how you describe a crew or a family of Vogas. And so it's all kinds of wonderful high mm-hmm. fashion names like the House of St. Laurent, a House mm-hmm. of Balmain, House of Escada. And they dance for their lives mm-hmm. on this show. Mm-hmm. And so what made you want to bring this show? And there's been a lot of conversation, I think, you know, on the internet yeah. about how people worry that shows like Pose and shows like this are commodifying, mm. I guess, the ballroom scene and that the ballroom scene is supposed to be this very safe place for black, queer, black, trans or Latinx people to exist and have their freedom and, and ex- exhibit self-love and love for each other when the world outside does not let them in. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you feel about these shows becoming mainstream? I personally think representation is incredibly important. Of course, of and course. And that if you can see it, you can be it. But definitely. I also am not the person to comment on this. Hmm. Well, I mean, I can definitely start by saying, yes, it's, I can always say that this is a place for people who look like me, act like me, and, and sort of work or move like me to come to a, a place in a surrounding to let this side out. You know, mm-hmm. this is why I always, we kind of like use that floor, the runway, as a way to express the talent or what we have to say without actually saying it by movement. And I do it with movement to dance, with voguing. Um, and I always tell people there's a difference between knowing how to do it and why you do it. The reason why we exist so hard in the ballroom culture, because we know why we do it, you know, compared to you know, how to do it. And I put these into the forefront because we have these platforms. And I say kind of like, I'll bring it back to like 10 years ago where I had a vision that this was going to happen for today. I don't know why. I don't know what taught me. or I don't know what told me. But, you know, 10 years ago, I knew that, you know, this ballroom platform will be where it is today. And we have television shows like Pose. We had television shows like My House or films like Kiki or um, How Do I Look in Paris is Burning to actually bring the sort of the the control back to where voguing was going or where ballroom as a whole was going. Do you consider it empowering to the ballroom culture to be able to tell your own story? Definitely. I mean, it's it's very... I'm, I'm proud that, you know, you have some representatives of the culture to go out there to make sure that we are being represented correctly because it's, you know, we spent so many years underground and... You know, from the small little details of people watching us on social media to as big as people showing up to just being spectators and understanding what we do as a whole. It's it's very unique that, you know, it's existed for so long, but now we're being put on a forefront. But I'm glad that we still have representatives to bring it back where we're from. Something I love about the world of ballroom, and I've always been an outside spectator mm-hmm. and going to like Jack's Voguing nights back mm-hmm. in the day. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, I love the fact that, and I kind of, I'm dumbfounded at how this like 
level of peace was found within the community. But a community that experiences so much emotional and physical violence from the outside world, mm. the way that you guys choose to settle your disputes, yeah. no, no shade, no shade, uh, no is shade. on the dance floor. Yes. And then at the end, you hug each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you don't always hug yeah, each other. Yeah, I was about to say, sometimes sure, some people, you know. <laughs> but still. I'm sure earrings are taken off. Oh, baby. And, and shit gets real. But the judging is so fucking harsh. <laughs> oh, it my is. God. So basically, for anyone who doesn't know who's never been to a ballroom um, scene or a ball, basically, mm-hmm. uh, you all the judges have to give you tens. So it has to be tens across the board, unanimous. Yes. Anything, even a nine, even a nine and a half, you are chopped. Ah. You are cut. You are done. Yes. It's Anything so, below it. <laughs> it's so brutal. And it creates infighting. It does. You know, I've like I've been I've been very upset with some of our <laughs> other judges yes. at some of the decisions that they've made because they've just gone, we've all given tens and then mm. it's just one person having a bad fucking day. Why so fucking brutal though? Oh, baby. Why uh, tens across the board? That's baby. so intense. I mean it is. I mean, this is uh, again that that's that kind of way to say you did exactly what you needed to do to get past. So that and it sucks because it's only one chop that can ruin the whole thing, you know? Yeah. And sometimes within ballroom, we have moments where we change sometimes the rules and, and flip things to make the competition more interesting. So maybe at another function, we may, we may be like a, a two-chop rule. You know, one person may chop you and it may be like, okay, maybe it was shade, maybe it was real, but if two people chop you, something ain't right. Okay, fine. But at these functions, we really go with one chop majority of the time. It, I mean, it makes for the most extraordinary drama. I'm oh. amazed that this culture hasn't been more mainstream mm. until now. I mm-hmm. just, it's so, it's like nothing you've ever seen before. The oh, drama, baby. the passion, like, and also I think what people don't understand is the the lives a lot of these community members live. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of these, you know, you have these houses, that's what they're called, these different groups. And you have a house parent um, that can be a he or a she, Mm -hmm. a mother or a father. um, And they have their own kids. And I, would you explain how they recruit these kids? Well, being a father of Mm -hmm. the scene, I am also in the house. I also, I am a Los Angeles Father, and I'm also an international father because I travel a lot internationally. And you are from the house of Lanvin, mm-hmm. so I'm exclusive Lanvin. So I mean, when it comes to recruiting, you know, it's very unique and interesting. If you see someone definitely in ballroom, you can tell what category they can walk just like a snap of a finger once you're in this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Because I can look at you and go, "Oh, baby, I got two categories for you just by looking across this table." What are my categories? Okay. <laughs> well, I know <laughs> you really got exciting. a you got a stern walk, so you can walk runway, and you have a beautiful face and you can walk face so these are categories that you know you can like immediately from me telling you just by looking and it's about ballroom and how we recruit if we see we have categories selected not only just voguing we have fashion categories we have realness categories yeah we have um i tried to do i tried to you know do the good hands and i uh hand performance yeah i tried to do some hand performance and i slapped myself in the face twice so i'm not allowed to do that (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna have some lessons we're gonna have some lessons this (laughs) thing we're gonna have some lessons (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so you find people via their talent, but also I've heard that some people, I think there was 
a young person called Angel who was talking about how they were homeless on the street. Mm. They'd had to leave because of their sexuality and yes. being a young black person in America who is not straight. They had mm -hmm. to get away from their family and were sleeping on like, I think maybe it was a bench or something like that, sleeping outside. And a house mother approached them. And wow. after talking for a little while, invited them into the house and taught them how to dance, taught them how to give face. And I think that that's also a really beautiful part of this community that people don't understand is that these some of these people are so fucking disadvantaged and yes. they find family, they find, cho they define, ballroom defines chosen family to mm -hmm. me in a way that no other culture does. Well, and that's what I love about it, you know, as someone who needs that in my life. It's immediately, and I'm sure you probably have been mothered already now, because when we come around, we're like, oh, you're my daughter. Come yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like th that moment where you have someone and I can I can be an example of 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 a situation that I've been through, not saying that I've been kicked out, you know, but I had a family members and mother and father who didn't believe in the sexuality I lived. So I know what it's like at a young age to go out and go find, you know, shelter and not mean sheltering as a home, but shelter as in finding who I am as a person. Where was home? Home was Brooklyn, New York. Okay. Uh, it was between Brownsville and Bedford-Stuyvesant growing up, you know. The 90s was a... Fucking hard oh, time baby. in New York. She right? was unique. You know, again, you had these moments where, you know, at 14, my family and my community was telling me that I didn't mean anything. I'm gay. I'm black. I shouldn't do this. I, I, I'm feminine. Boys shouldn't act like this. I need to hang around boys than girls. You know, I would, I, you know, I would have to do things so I wouldn't be kind of spooked, what we call it in ballroom scene, and spooked meaning like no one can tell about your sexuality. So I had to walk a certain way, talk a certain way in order to be like that. Until mm -hmm. 15 hit and I'm like, I can't do this, baby. This is not my life. But again, you have people who I've experienced who've been kicked out of their homes. I've had friends growing up, you know, as in my teenage years who was in shelters and, you know, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender shelters that they stayed in. And, you know, because their parents put them out. And one thing that we did have was this life of family when we came together, definitely in ballroom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had that mother, that father, that sister, that brother, that we created this bond. We hang out every day. We went to school. We went to after school programs. We went to balls. We were Amazing. doing outreach. You know, I was a, a outreach worker, a peer outreach worker, handing out condoms and making sure we all stay protected. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And so Leomi is another judge that's on Legendary. Mm -hmm. uh, Leomi is a Wonder Woman. Is how she's known publicly. Um, Leomi and you met at a competition mm. and you had to battle against each other. Mm. And you both got chopped. <laughs> the ultimate sin. <laughs> and then was that it? You just became friends from no. then? Because I hear this is like a 15, 17 year friendship. Yeah, we've been, you know, it was this after school program in New York City called Hetrick Martin. We call it HMI. And we used to go there to practice. And, you know, we had... This was a place where if I was trans, if I was openly gay, or if it was, I can go here and be myself and not worry Amazing. about anything. 14, 15 years old. They provide us with, you know, feeding us every day, getting us information, a resume building. And, does this you know, place group, still exist? Yes, it does. It's right, right on Astor Place in, out here in New York City. Say the name again. Hetrick Martin Institute. And Amazing. also HMI. And uh, again, it's a drop-in center. And they used to let us, as long as we went to programs and, and attended some of the meetings and uh, some of the groups that they had, we can have our fun afterwards, get fed, play some music and, you know, do what we do. 
And I've had the great opportunity of meeting my sister Laomi there as teenagers before we even started becoming who we were. We were there battling it out in this like lunchroom area with lockers and anything. She's probably laughing if she hears about this because we we take it that far back. And it's so weird to know, you know, we all came from this place of, I can't say of not having, but not experiencing, you know, a normal life because we were told that, you know, we didn't matter. Definitely in our own communities, you know? Yeah, I definitely know. And so, so this is a podcast where we often talk about shame. Mm. Is that something that you ever resonated with of around course. your sexuality or skin color or anything yes. or the community? I mean, I, I still experience uh, some things to this day and I've overcome a lot of it, you know. But You experience a, shame now? I mean, I can't say shame but you're now. A god. I know I'm a god, but you know what? I still experience what people That's are telling fair. me. You I can't tell not, you what you to cannot feel. do this. You can't show people how to vote. That's too feminine for uh, masculine or masculine male. It's too feminine for black uh, kids and youth. What are you doing to our youth? Like, it's so crazy. And I, I actually read something online that said, you know, oh, your kid is feminine. Then you weren't putting uh, as much of this this power onto him that you have to show him. You wasn't schooling him right. The power of never crying yes. even when you want to. Oh, my gosh. The I power cried. of fighting when you have a problem with someone rather than just fucking talking it out. Oh, Ugh, that stuff don't What work. great power. I'm sorry. That stuff didn't work as I was being scolded as a kid not to be who I am today. You know, no, that that does not work. And it doesn't help. It doesn't help. No, it didn't absolutely. teach me who I was. I learned who I was by being around the, the people that I felt comfortable being around with. I'm very glad that you got to that place. Your pronouns, I believe, are he or she. Mm, he. You go, he, you, you yeah, go more he towards him. he. Yeah. He okay, him. cool. I, I just, don't mind the I she because it comes, in, yeah, it okay. comes in a scene like somebody say she. I don't mind it because we know we use that as a joking manner. But like I. Everyone and voice. everything's a she. My in voice. like ballroom, yeah, in ballroom, I've noticed like um, my dress. They were like, she's amazing. She's amazing. And I was like, am I? And they were like, not you, the Your dress. dress. <laughs> We acknowledge everything as she, you know, yeah. it's like even if the mic is acting, oh, child, that's she, she acting up. You're like, she, the person know the microphone. She okay, good. Up. You know, that's, good. No, that's good for <laughs> me to know. That's so funny. Fabulous. I'm going to stop you there because we're just going to have a little break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, listen, we all carry around different stresses, big, small, medium size, and a lot of us keep them bottled up because sometimes we just have to. But doing that all of the time can really, really start to negatively impact your life. And I say that from experience. I'm British. We are told to never say how we're feeling about anything ever. And uh, that's why so many of us are so sad. Now, a way that I was able to remedy that was by having therapy, which was super helpful for me, not only because it's amazing to get things off your chest, but also all week you know as you're bottling things up because it's not always the time or place to say exactly how you feel you know you're going to get that hour where you're able to get everything off your chest and say it exactly as you want to and this therapist isn't going to take it personally and they're not going to hold it against you or throw it back in your face during an argument over dinner next week you just have this complete freedom honestly I think everyone should have therapy regardless of whether they think they need it because it's so amazing to have a confidant it's a journal that talks back to you and helps you with all of your problems. I think therapy is just a safe space to get everything off your chest to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, then maybe you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists if you don't like them anytime for no additional charge. 
get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash iWay today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iWay. Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. back i'm so happy that you are finding this place what can i ask because a lot of the people who listen to this podcast Mm -hmm. are young people and they are young people of color and they are young people who are on the rainbow Mm -hmm. and they don't know how the fuck to get out of the prison of shame that they Mm. are in the prison that they were put in by our society or by their own parents or by their school yeah can I ask you, is it too personal to ask no, you how you've it. kind of worked through this journey of of becoming comfortable in who you are? One thing I realized once I got on my own, I kind of like, I, no one can dim my shine. No mm. one can take me to a place that I didn't put myself. I always kept that in my mind as a kid. So when How people, did you learn that? I don't know. It just, I honestly just, it's just <laughs> something that, that just soaked in me. Like it, it takes me a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to get mad when I'm there. I, I'm just, and, and I don't get there often. At I can't all. even imagine. I it. don't because I don't, because I have these other opportunities to express myself. And I do that through the microphone with the, with the culture. But how do I got out of that shame? You know, once one thing I did was kept a smile on my face because can't nobody dim this shine. Can't nobody shift this, this person that I am, that I'm, I'm, I'm living to be. You know, I wake up every day in this body. I wake up every day seeing this face in the mirror. Like, why should I change how I feel or, you know, shift how or what I believe in because someone else tells me that they don't believe in it? That's just you. And if I let you into that, I'm giving you more power to shift how I feel. So I'm always about like, you know, self, self joy, self-abundance of who you are and how you feel and what you do. No one can shift that unless you allow them to. And once you do, you're already giving them the power. Especially not when they look like you, Deshaun. I mean, I'm sake. just saying, you I know. I mean, what, do you have a 10-pack and <laughs> cheekbones that <laughs> I feel you... like unsafe around because they could hurt me? Well, you I'm know. I'm afraid when we go in for a kiss, I'm afraid. I'm afraid for my life. <laughs> These cheekbones yeah, are slit my so throat. sharp, baby. Yeah, it's just not, it's not, it's not okay. Um, <laughs> but funny. yes, no, I know. Outside of the fact that you are outrageously gorgeous, um, there is so much that is set up against you in this country. Mm. Even outside of, I understand your sexuality. Just, I've only been in America for the last couple of years and I just didn't know. Obviously, we have a setup of a racist system mm-hmm. in uh, the UK, but it's more kind of like, I'd say it's, a bit more 
it's it's generally horrific, but it, it kind of spread across different marginalized groups mm. a bit more. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, it is a very, very severe yes. difference. Like it's very extreme how yes. much it lends into black people or African-Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more kind of Islamophobia to sort of dilute a yes. bit of the anti-blackness in England yes. in a way that I, I didn't expect when I got here. And so I, uh, I so applaud how when already feeling unsafe in this world, your community just kind of banded together and stood up mm-hmm. to openly be yourselves in yes. a world that told you that was absolutely unacceptable. Definitely. It's and- so, that's why I feel so excited to try and like lift the world up and show. Yes. For me, my involvement in Legendary was just, A, the show wasn't getting made for some reason. You've been mm-hmm. involved from the beginning, like mm-hmm. two years, and it couldn't get sold. And I just wanted to help in any way I can. I think it's the same for Meg The Stallion to make sure that this unbelievable show with these unbelievable people definitely gets to air. Mm-hmm. But also I wanted to be a part of just showing that the, the stories that we hear about black queer people or trans people in general of any color are always these sad, sensationalized mm-hmm. stories of murder or crime or one of them commits a sex crime. Yes. It's like how many fucking sex crimes have we read about straight fucking people? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like how many how many crimes have been committed by people who do not identify as trans Mm -hmm. or queer or black? Mm -hmm. How many serial killers are black trans women? None I've fucking heard of. Exactly. Um, (laughs) But these are the only stories we hear are stories of life expectancies of 35 and just devastating stories. And actually walking into ballroom always feels like this is not a sad community. It's a a community up against a lot, but this is a, a joyful, powerful community. And that's why I love the idea of this show of just showing the most victorious side of this community so when they're being sensational it's in the most fabulous definitely and it, powerful we, way we can do that no matter what and that's the one beautiful thing about the culture and the scene is Resilience. that we can go anywhere and we will turn the show up and Amazing. it's nothing and the fact that like you said like you know and I, I continuously thank you for this opportunity because again two years ago when we we're going through something with a different network who was just trying to tell us no we can't do this no you can't do that we want to do this and we're like no then this is what we're experiencing now you know we don't have the opportunities to sit in places to tell our own stories mm-hmm. and sometimes these stories aren't as sad as people think they are and things have shifted you know, how they were now than what they were years ago. You know, I've been a part of ballroom culture, oh my gosh, for 20 years. I'm only 35. You do the math. Mm-hmm. And let, I'm going to put the first few years on me learning. So, oh gosh. So that brings it to an earlier year. But what I'm saying is, is, is the fact that, you know, we are open to everyone. We have categories that's open to all. We cover every gender inside the ballroom culture. And if we're missing something, we're going to argue it out until we find another you know, way or passage so everyone can feel included. So this is why it's so interesting. We had celebrities judge our balls before. Mm. We've had people come into our culture and shed light and show love and, and let us know what we can do in order to, to or give their platform or give their opportunity to, to take us to another place with it. And I'm, I'm just thankful that people are have that open eye 
Yeah, I'm thankful to be allowed in because mm-hmm. I think this culture is so beautiful. Yes, baby. Tell me about your platform. This oh. platform that you've been building. Hey, yeah. What's it called? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, one thing. I mean, I'm all. I'm a dance teacher. I'm a Vogue instructor. Mm-hmm. Soon I, to be my dance teacher. Oh yes, baby. I got a teacher, a catwalker. So, yeah. <laughs> I also, I have a, like a dance team in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I have a. Um, Oh gosh, it's just so much that's going on. I, I also host dance competitions in America and also outside of the country. I also teach folk classes outside of the country and also teach the about the ballroom culture itself because different countries are picking it up as well too. Are you ready for how busy you're going to be when Legendary comes out? Are you? No, I'm genuinely serious. I can say this now because I've worked with you mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of weeks. You are one of the best hosts I've ever seen. Aside from being an amazing, uh, amazing MC and an amazing commentator, your hosting skills, your way to just control the floor, to control the crowd, to elevate the energy in the room. It's like nothing I've ever seen and I've been doing this as a host for 11 years you, I, I am shit on your shoe and I am happy to be I'm gonna tell you a shockingly secret right now go on do you know that was my first time ever working a teleprompter? Yes, I fucking do Did know. Did you really? And I do know it's your first. I can also tell from the look on your face yes. when you hear the earpiece. You're oh. working with an earpiece for the first time. Yes. And it looks like someone has stuck their finger up your ass. Oh That's my the face that you gosh. make. Gosh, and I will make that face every time. The face, that, the face that I make when someone is talking in my ear in a, a uh-huh. teleprompter. This is the face that people make generally is, uh, for those who aren't watching, and how dare you, mm. uh, they... Um, the face that you make is when someone is talking to you while you're both in the sea and suddenly they start urinating. You can tell uh, from the look in their face because they uh, stop listening. So it's like this. Really so just talk to me and I'll be like, uh, Jamila, how are you feeling? Uh-huh. So everything's great. Oh my gosh. I think that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, you see it? See, yes. <laughs> You guys are not seeing what I'm seeing. <laughs> it's the exact face someone makes when they've started pissing in oh the Oh my God. So you want to so I see yours and you see mine. Yeah. Because I'd be catching you up like, oh, oh yeah, okay, I know what's what's happening yeah. right now. Oh, that's funny. I mean, you look like you're doing a shit in the sea. You're I'm still d- not used to it. <laughs> I am not. And then the, it's like two voices that go back and forth. It's like, hey Deshaun. Hey Deshaun. I'm what's so, up? And I'm like, whoa. I'm so happy to 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 get to be a part of watching the world the world discover you because mm. i know that oh. your world knows all about you but mm-hmm. my fucking god i'm excited so Uh-oh. tell me about this platform it's called tens oh yeah also yes so i run an online media print and like oh, sorry excuse me i run an online media in print magazine called tens magazine we cover ballroom culture but we also cover all surrounding queer culture so if you ever go to our platform we talk about everything that we fear that feel that queer culture don't discuss like or what? that we miss out. So, you know, one thing I do mention is like, for example, and I, I use the ballroom culture as an example that like there's been industry balls that we call. And these are balls that happens at W hotels or there's a ball where celebrities are judging and like a Naomi Campbell, a, a Cardi B, a Tiana Taylor, they all sit on the panel at like these events and, you know, these sort of like a benefit sometimes. And they will have these events in, you know, everyone sits on these panels and the ballroom culture will come in and participate. They will get hundreds of, you know, hundreds of dollars, thousand dollars for competing. But when media talks about us, they immediately go, well, Cardi B sat on the panel and Naomi sat on the camera. What about the person that won that event? Mm -hmm. It's where tens pop up. 
where they're like, well, we have the bald person who from the ballroom culture. Let's this is, by this the way, exactly what fucking happened exactly with our Exactly what I'm saying. This is what I'm going to lead into that. And it's, it's stuff like that. We were like, well, you know, what about the people who participated? What about the legends who took their time to sit there? What about it, the people that set it the fuck up? What about the people who set up? it up? Yeah, yeah so no, we oh my forget God. about that. And this is, you know, we go to media and we say we understand and there's nothing bad towards media. We just have to have a better communication with each other. So, you know, with me using my platform with Tins Magazine, we make sure we cover it all. We talk about, you know, drags, uh, race. We talk about everything surrounding drag culture. We talk about everything su- uh, surrounding every skin and what's tone, the difference? Af- ethnicity of everything. What's you know? the difference for those who don't know between the kind of drag culture, the the RuPaul drag race versus ballroom mm-hmm. community? Because I can imagine at first when this comes out, some mm-hmm. people will wonder what the difference is. Well, it's always going to be that kind of thing coming in the beginning right now because it, it, it shows similar dynamics. And one thing about RuPaul drag race and the culture, yes, in our culture, we include drags as well, too, mm-hmm. whether it's going to be for performing uh, a lip sync, whether it's be for a runway, whether mm-hmm. we do for realness, a face or whatever it is. Well, I mean, and that's where Crystal LaBeja started. Yes. And then left and started her mm-hmm. own thing. And it's, it's, I think it's similar qualities that they use that kind of like takes away from the actual dynamic of where it comes from. So when they talk about, oh, my God, this table is giving me wood realness and in the ballroom culture we like what the heck is wood realness like what's wood realness you know is, is there a slight appropriation like for example <laughs> a, like a, a dip right a dip is when you see someone in vogue kind of like throw themselves back with one leg under them and like mm-hmm. you know like a delicate like <laughs> neck tilt and the head almost touches the floor sometimes mm-hmm. the head does touch the floor it scares the fucking shit out ah, yeah. um, but that is called a dip and yes. then other people because of the appropriation call it the death drop the death drop for anyone oh, who is oh, taking gosh. part in participating oh, in the ballroom community I have learned it is not the death drop it is the dip thank you Jamila because I don't have to say it now because we again educating everyone about our culture mm-hmm. because people are coming to us to go oh shablam and death drop and Fierce. Fierce is not good. Fierce is a fashion term for like fierce. Fierce with you is like, it's it's beyond shade, right? It's beyond. It's like if someone's fierce, you're telling me you are the gum at the bottom of my shoe. Like in our culture, fierce is used as a bad thing. So when people coming up to us and like, oh my God, that outfit's fierce. We're looking at you like, excuse me? Yeah. Oh, oh, you don't know. Okay, let me let me school you, honey. Fierce is bad. No, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. You break it down kind of shade situation. Yes. Or no shade. No shade. That's my thing. Like you know, people like no much. shade. And, you know, this term has been out for so long. And you said shade is a way of being mean without really being mean. Oh, yeah. Being mean, telling you the truth without being, oh, gosh, it's just Without so having things. a cruel intention. No, some people can have cruel intentions. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> shade can mean many things, baby, but it really depends on how you deliver it, which makes sense. Okay. So, so I'm so glad you have this this editorial magazine yes. and is that would you say that's your one of your main pursuits outside of ballroom yes if I wanted to you know I know I have a Deshaun Wesley focus but I also want to give back to my community in any way I know how and me and my co-publisher who helps me work with Tins Magazine you know we started this many years ago and try to figure out how and what ways we can definitely bring all cultures into one because there hasn't been anything that rounds everything into one talking about trans issues talking about you know drag culture talk about gay 
you know, and lesbian issues and problems. Talk about the issues we have between the gay and lesbian that we really kind of don't discuss. And, and then how, the bias. Yeah, the biases. And yeah. so we cover every queer culture there is. If there's something going on in the Pacific Island culture, culture we're posting about it. If something happened in the drag culture, we're posting about it. If there's an event going on, we're posting about it. We cover every last mm. significant thing. And we've been reaching amazing people and they love our stories because we're so truthful and real. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I've never seen this magazine. Oh, I can't wait. Don't worry about it. I got you, baby. Yeah, we should do something together. Yes, I would yes, love to yes. participate. Mm-hmm. That's fucking cool. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I know that you have a lot of passion towards awareness around HIV. Yes. Where does that come from? Oh, okay. So this is this is where it hits home. You know, mm-hmm. definitely being in this culture where I see a lot of people go through this this struggle of not having and and I've seen so many people pass from this virus and how it hit home because I actually lost my mom to HIV and AIDS and I lost her you know before I hit the 20s you know Mm -hmm. so it was something I knew about because it was in my culture but it's really interesting when it hit home and also people don't realize that that can happen to straight women straight women a Mm -hmm. straight black woman in Brooklyn, New York. Like, wow. To me, I, this is something I feared as a teenager growing up, not showing if there's something I'm going to get in life or if something's going to happen. But when it happens to your, like a family member, when it hits home, and not only just did this happen to my my mom, it was my aunt. And it was like, it's it, how much it, it, it's grown. This threw me inside there without a doubt. There's no way I could not experience it. It, it educated me to know how to work with my mom. You know, mm-hmm. and it's so weird that you would think it would happen to me because I'm gay. And this is something, you know, it's been instilled in my myself as a kid that this is coming it's a my gay way. Disease. It's a gay disease, yeah. you know, and but to see your mom. So, again, mm-hmm. my my education, my love towards it definitely came from my culture and also my home because I was able to to share this information with others. I used to run youth support groups and um, have these conversations and run street smarts and have these, you know, talks with kids and youth and young adults about how to make better decisions. And it's also weird how, because less white gay men are perhaps experiencing HIV, mm-hmm. we've started to treat it like it's a problem that's kind of of the past, as mm-hmm. if we've left it in the 80s, and yet yeah. the numbers are coming way back up, especially amongst the black trans community. I've been talking to young sex workers who mm-hmm. are black trans women, and they tell me that they don't necessarily choose sex work as their first option. Um, not to say that others can't find it empowering, but yeah. they personally are in a situation where no one else will hire them. True. And so they end up in sex work. And there is a fucking rule in NYC mm. uh, where you, if you are found with more than three condoms on you, you can be arrested and taken in. Really? Yeah. So it's a three condom rule. So therefore they go out without three condoms. OMG. I've and never... if they have more than three customers, this is what I've been told by the sex Oh, workers. no, I mean, I, I mean this, they, they're privy to information because I have friends who currently still, Yeah, and they're, you know? in and out of, they're in and out of of jail. And then once you fucking come out of jail in the American system, no, there's no one to rehabilitate you. So what are you going to do? You're going to fucking go back to go the back thing that you do it. that got yes. you there. Yes. Be that selling drugs for any person from any uh, background or, or sexual Sexuality. Yes. Uh, if you come out of the prison system here, yeah, I mean, you are imprisoned for life emotionally I, and financially. Yes, I have trans sisters who go through this still to this yeah. day, and this is why my support, my love, like, will always go in in a helping hand. Because again, this is I've had trans sisters since I was a teenager, mm. fourteen. My mom 
brung in one of my trans sisters as her daughter and took her in. And I didn't even know much information. Your mother, as yes. in your, your family mother, my, not your my house mother. My yeah. mother took my trans sister in as her daughter. That's so sweet. And this is back in like the early 2000s. That's amazing 2000s, that your so. mother was accepting in a community that wasn't In the beginning, it was that. difficult. I know. In I'm the beginning. Sure. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's okay. But in the beginning. How did you work around that? I don't know. You know, and I, I always say this. This is how, this is my coming out story real quick. Like my mom okay. literally okay. found, I, I, I came out because she found ball flyers in my top drawer. And I had to be about like 15, 16 year old, years old. I used to collect them. Right. It was a souvenir for me. And, she, you know, mom's going to be mom. She came in, found the, the the flyers, and I came home one day. She's like, what the hell is this? What is Butch Queen Vogue Femme? What is Butch Queen Up in Pumps? Why does this say fag out? And she lost it. And after she lost it, fag I, out oh, is yeah, exactly. amazing. Oh, baby. Oh you haven't God. seen nothing for that category yet. <laughs> so it was just that she was like, what, what the hell? And she didn't understand. And I, I went through something traumatizing with her during that moment because she didn't understand. Mm. But at that same moment, I think it taught her something because at the amazing opportunity to bring her to a ball. <gasps> I brought her to one ball and she passed that same, you know, the next following year. So, oh, but I brought her to a ball. Sorry. You brought her to a yes, ball. Yes, I and... showed her some tapes and she loved it. But again, like, it, you know, the, the love that came from there, that coming out story, my mom found ball flyers. I was like, I was freaking out because she was asking all these questions. I'm sorry, but with <laughs> straight boys, there's worse shit mothers Baby, are finding uh, in their fucking... I, w- I hope if I have boys one day, I find ballroom flyers. Uh, <laughs> Other than some of the crazy shit my friends are finding in their Baby, hey, if you find a, a, a flyer in your kid's draw that said sex siren or, again, fag out, throw your, your fabulous heels on, you're like, what the hell? Yeah. Let's talk about a man here. So, so what I was trying to say, though, was within the trans community, if yes. you are if you are afraid of taking three condoms Mm, out with you, then you take less. That's great. And if you have extra customers beyond two, Mm -hmm. you're risking your life. Well, I can say that I'm around some very smart girls, right? So, you know, a lot of things, you know. know I'm I'm purely telling you this from the point of view of people who, that's how they contracted HIV. Yeah, well, there's different ways. Again, you think about sometimes we we're we have to be very mindful of the, the choice that we do make because we know what comes with the work. We know what comes with the territory. Mm. And sometimes we have to make these choices in order to, to survive. And I know mm. my sisters make choices to survive. And it, it's choices sometimes where you have to look back at and say, you know, I know I did what I had to do in order to be who I am or be where I am today. And no one should have to go through that. No, no one at all. No one should have a... a, a uh, a terrible experience of, you know, filling out a job application and being told no because you're trans. That's crazy. And I, I support my sisters in whatever they, they do to step forward and to be bigger and better and to let the world know that we all, we all, you know, have a, a place in life, a place on this earth. We're put here for a reason, you mm. know? So, and we have to teach others. And I'm glad I'm able to help my sister teach teach others, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love what you're doing. Hey, uh, How could other people support what you're doing? How can people support TENS? How can people support your work for HIV awareness? 
Well, I will say these platforms. Tens, you can always go follow us. It's Tens Mag on Instagram. We we are like totally there. Also, we have tensmagazine.com. But um, also follow me. I'm always like a, a part of the community. So you can always, if you know, you come to the Ballroom Coach, you can learn that. If you want to learn about the HIV and AIDS and, and stick the, about supporting the youth and young adults who are stepping up to be the new leaders in our, our world of today, like again, Hedrick Martin is always a place. We have places like GMH we have people like uh oh my god what's the place in brooklyn like the heat program or um housing works that's in brooklyn these are the programs i always say go there and you know contribute your your love your time if you have Mm -hmm. because you never know who you may reach so you've been a kind of growing king of ballroom for 15 20 years years. yeah what the fuck are you gonna do next You've kind yeah. of conquered. Baby, I want to hit every corner I can hit. What do you want to hit? Going. Oh, I no, don't know well, what you want to hit. Well, okay, you're I in the, Pose. I am Pose. I'm an actor on Pose. You so play I am Shadow also Winter. I'm Shadow in the House of Winter, yeah. which is fun. Oh, my God. Shout out to the Pose family. Yeah. It's freaking amazing. I actually... You Tell know, me how you feel about what that show has done. I mean, that show, it, it's it's sort of Paris is burning and, and put into that series that show phase you know it's letting you know what happened during that time rather than seeing a documentary you can now see what occurred when you know that story of the ballroom people who broke into a museum and stole outfits and wore it at a ball and got arrested at the end of the runway at the ball you know these are the experiences we have you now get to see you know who was the person who walked for five thousand dollars for face and won it because of their production you know this is these are those ways you can sort of get mm-hmm. in. So Pose teaches that these these stories that we once lived or where it was or how people experienced their lives definitely in the, the 80s and 90s and in ballroom. You know, we, we were sometimes having balls at five in the morning because that was the perfect time for us to start. Imagine going to a ball at five in the morning in the 80s. Crazy. I'm 34. I don't know about this sort of thing. <laughs> so Pose really teaches and educates everyone about ballroom culture and where the beginning started. Not where the, the tippy-toe beginning, but where we were d- definitely during this time. Okay, before I ask you your next question, we're just going to have a little break. Okay. Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. And we're back. Amazing. And where does ballroom draw its inspiration? Is it just everywhere? I mean, Maybe. there's a fucking thousand categories. Everywhere. I can't, I was trying to learn them and it. my brain can't hold them all in. Baby, once you're in it, you're just, it, it comes like clockwork. Now I could tell you any category and we can probably create one right now if we were to think about it, you know? What would our category be? I don't know. I knew you was oh. going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> we could do anything. However, if we want to create a nail category, we can create some nail category. If I, who have the best creative nail 
nails. You can create anything oh, if God, you are creative. Uh, I don't look at mine either. Oh. You know, I ain't getting her clipped. So you're an actor now, <laughs> yes. and you're a magazine editor, mm. and you are a soon-to-be worldwide famous, very very successful TV oh, host. Oh yes, I'm serious. You should be hosting everything. Baby. I think you should start hosting my podcast. If I'm honest. Oh baby, uh, don't, hey. I, yeah, I'm, but I'm in a contract. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you heard do you that? have your own out. podcast? No, I do not have my own podcast. Well, that's stupid. I, let's well, let's deal with that. I know, right? Now we got to have a conversation. I've got, I've got all kinds one. of ideas oh, for you. Oh gosh, I'm here mate. for them, baby. Yeah, and but, uh, um, and what next? What next? Um, I will say this. You know, I'm excited to see what the outcome is going to be for Legendary. What do you think it's going to be? I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid. (laughs) No, don't be afraid. Welcome to Ballroom, baby. There's so many different feelings you're going to go through. You're going to be afraid. You're going to be excited. You're going to be happy. You're going to be sad. And definitely, you know, it's never like hide your emotions about Ballroom, but it's always sticking firm to how you feel and definitely let others know that that's just what it is. You know, and will you tell everyone who exactly is involved, like from the inside out? Mm, I mean, we have a wonderful and fabulous Scout Productions. Thank you guys for, you know, the two years of hard work to putting this together. And that goes out to David Collins. That goes out to Rob Eric and Michael Williams, who had the great opportunity to put houses together for this television show. Legendary, like the House of of Balmain and the House of West and the House of Lanvin and Escada and the House of Ebony and the House of St. Laurent. Like it's, it's, it's so many houses that they picked from ballroom culture and given us the platform to do so. I feel like they've done their best knowing that they are outsiders of yes. the ballroom community to bring people in. We have Jack Mazzarahi. Mm-hmm. He's been involved from the beginning. Yeah, no, Jack, ben, he came on as a writer like just about like a year ago. Okay. You know, as a writer, I believe so, like a year ago. So but he, Jack Mazrahi and Jack Sid. Jack Mazrahi and Sid. And Jack also is a part of Pose as well, too, as a writer. So, you know, that just came hand in hand. It's like, you know, it worked its way out. And then you had Sid, who's a writer as well, too, who wrote a great article about Realness and Ballroom and how it it's different from then compared to what it is today. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you ever have the opportunities, a New York Times article, it's beautiful. And Sid Ballou, yeah. And... And I know we had, I mean, it's very public, uh, a lot of backlash against the show, yes. most of which was directed at me because of that stupid fucking wrong press release that's mm-hmm. left up for 48 mm-hmm. fucking hours. I know, two days. That centered the show and it made it look like Jamila Jamil's journey through becoming a ballroom star and then taking over the whole world of ballroom and then getting endorsements about titles. ballroom. <laughs> and there are no other people from ballroom anywhere in anywhere, the show. Baby. It's just Jamila Jamil. Uh, that's what it fucking looked like. Whereas I'm actually like, I'm a fairly small part of the show, uh, willingly. Um, but... Aside from that, I think, again, the controversy of like, you are gentrificating uh, a community that is like a safe space that should be left alone as a safe mm-hmm. space. And a lot of this, a lot of this negativity came from people who had tried to be in the show and weren't brought mm-hmm. in, like they mm-hmm. didn't make the cut for certain well, reasons. It, yeah. And so I remember when we were talking about, you were so, so kind to me when it happened. Like you got on the phone and you were just like, you're staying. Yes, you're not going you're not anywhere. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, and you were incredibly kind and incredibly, like you became my parent a bit. Like, ah, my I told you, baby, we start to recruit, baby. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and so, think, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, you know, we're going to receive backlash. And I'll tell you this, because we're in the, we're the Balm culture, we're, we're getting hit from different ends everywhere. For sure. And also, I just want to add that I also okay. understand that some of the criticism was like totally understandable yes. and necessary and people yeah. haven't seen the show yet. They yes. know what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that everyone who complained was just yes. bitter. I'm just saying that a lot of the biggest noise came from people. From people. And, who, and, are, who are ballroom performers. And of the culture. But here's the thing where I get to those, you know, we all are given opportunities and given a job and some people feel that they need to be a part of a job but when you're given this job to represent a culture you take you you sit there and you represent the culture and sometimes we don't have the opportunity to do so there's other people in ballroom experiencing different opportunities and they have to do what they have to do to make sure it's being you know, receive and every the right information's going through. So everyone has a job here to do. And it's so funny how we can sit here and run uh, uh, ideology of something without knowing what's happening behind scenes. Mm-hmm. How do you know what's going on? And then they mention, we do get the mention of the people of the culture working on this, but yet, you know, we still have to Realize. As in like you and Leomi and yes and Jack yeah, and Jack. our involvement because we're of the culture we're also a part of this you know we need to celebrate one another of those who are going there and sometimes when we feel left out from something which we don't know we start to complain about it mm-hmm. so this is where we go to the media outlets who if those headlines Jamila Jamila's hosting also, by this the way, Meg the Stallion has 10 times the amount <laughs> of followings and she's not even from ballroom culture so yes. she shouldn't be centered either but like <clears throat> Ugh, I couldn't help but feel that there was also like a, f- a fucking element of not in the press release yeah. but in the press like a an inherent anti-blackness yes. to not centre any of the black talent when the show I would say is what like 85% 85, black 85 close 90% yeah, black, black participants talent. Yes. like for, for me to be centred like one of the only non-black people well, on the thing was just like Meg the Stallion is one of the most famous people in the world right now. Yes. Fucking put her picture at least instead of mine if we're going to show a non-ballroom member. True. I mean, understandable. And this is where we get everyone in. I can name numerous amount of celebrities that came to balls and supported us. And if someone else is interested, why aren't we opening our doors and figuring out? Because before we actually sat on that stage, mm-hmm. Jamila, we had talks. So what makes people think that we're not getting the right information for those people on the outside, the allies, the ones who support us, the ones who've seen and wanted to support us for many years who never had the opportunity to do so. And now is the time to do so. We're going to shun them out. No. I know. And then there were actually people like, I won't name names, but there was a certain uh, house mother who within her thread, there were people calling to boycott the show. They're like, let's all just not watch the show and then it'll get cancelled. And then someone else will do it right. And it's like, no, yeah. that's not how it works. If this show fails, no one else is going to try to make this show. And we've been that's, trying for two years. This is how it works, right? It's like it's been trying to make for two years. It's a perfect format. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was the same format all along. Right. There's no reason other than the fact that advertisers feel afraid to sign on to any show about any group, in particular, obviously a marginalized group where there aren't names that they can guarantee will bring in advertising and money and audience, right? And I think a lot of people don't understand that and they're just so fixated on on who's taking space. And I understand that. But they don't understand that like two or three of us in a show of 50 people are not from that culture. And even the so interesting part is, like I said, and I when I made that tweet about like, just wait and watch, you'll see. Exactly. We are including 
our own culture on this show. So we can centering everything. I can also say this when it comes to media. We taught media that ballroom came from, you know, the Latino X, the African-American culture. Mm. And we also need to still sort of like educate them about our inclusion with other people. Like, and when I mean other people, other people of different colors, sizes, you know, anything. We don't care about anything. And everyone immediately pulls it right back to, oh, it's for black people. It's for black people. And it's so interesting that you go within this, you have people supporting others who know no information about ballroom culture. Mm. So how are you saying it? it, it, Yes, it belonged. It started and it it began with the African-American, black and Latino culture. And yes, we're still there. And yes, we still support that. But then we're not blocking out anybody else because if you come in our culture, in our community, Mm -hmm. and you are a talented mofo, Mm-hmm. And you sit there and do what we are expecting. You are, you, we can, we'll praise you. We don't care what you do, how you do it. We'll praise you. I was surprised when I saw the House of Ninja who were on the show. Yes. And this is five cis white women. Yes. Who I think might even be predominantly straight. I don't know of their sexuality. No, we have some that's, you know, mixed yeah. in a season. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, but the point is, I was very surprised to see their mm-hmm. rise. And I, I've, I'm, I'm happy to see them. They're also really impressive. Yes. It's like they know yeah. that they're going to have to fucking earn their stripes. Because stay. they are part of the in, culture. And yeah. it's so interesting. And they're not from America. They're from, you know, different parts of the Italy country. And all and over. Place, Italy, yeah. Japan, Taiwan. And they know the culture. They've been involved in it. And They've it's really so, learned it. Yes. Overall, I can honestly say, you know, we... We support everyone who comes into our culture. As long as you're doing it right and you're representing the right information, you are accepted here, baby. Like, and and I'm. Sh- have you had a good time on the show? I've had a fucking great time on the show. I didn't have a great time on Twitter. I know, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had a great time. I've had a great time on the show so far. I've also had a great time at balls before. I've always been a silent spectator at the yes. back. Um, but I. I'm so excited to be able to learn more with mm-hmm. you and to share what I already know with other people like me. I'm here as the outsider. I'm the window in mm-hmm. for other people who are also like, what is this ballroom? Exactly. What is this voguing? I will do everything in my power to try and support yes. you. And not have, bring you more we, bad I press. Know we've, listen, <laughs> to be honest, your press actually did great for putting the, I mean, the, the buzz on it as well, fair, too. Everyone was like, now I know what voguing now is. I know, yeah, now I know what ballroom. <laughs> oh, I, I want to watch this show now. Again, we're making sure nothing's going to happen incorrectly. This is all going great. And we're also including people from our culture. So just wait and you'll see. Before you go, will you give me five key expressions from voguing and what they mean? Mm, key expressions. You are the king of the voca- vogue I, vocabulary. Okay, I'll break these down for you, right? So okay. there's three parts to voguing. Right. But there's three specific styles in voguing. Okay. So there's old way. Mm-hmm. And that's more so of what we've seen with the whole Madonna phase. Recreating Vogue Recreating movements. Vogue movement, yeah. As in like movements from Vogue magazine. Yeah, you're yeah. doing those old, you know, the stiff, old, you know, asymmetric movement, pop dipping and spipping, mm-hmm. uh, spinning. That's old way. Then we have a new way. That's more of a flexibility, acrobatics, splits and, you know, oh my God, straddles. Someone who can take their leg and put it behind their head like it's no problem and just flip it around like it's milk. Mm-hmm. And then there's Vogue Femme. That's that feminine essence. And I believe you, you, you've you seen some of this so mm-hmm. far where someone take this feminine style of Voguing with the poses and, and putting it to the music and how it works. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. But then we already made it clear about the dips. So we know what dips are. We cannot, 
you know, change that. It's dips, baby. We already know it, it dips. But we also have, um, you know, things like a catwalk and a duck walk. So those are my five things. It's old way, new way, Vogue fam, catwalks and duck walks. Catwalks is this movement that you have in sort of like a, a lower stance that you bend in your knees to a certain size of a certain height. I call it a 5-1. And you're doing like an expression kind of walk forward. And it's, not, it's more like a, yeah, there you go. Because we taught you how to catwalk a little bit forward. It's so weird to like break it down via... No, I you understand. Know, verbally, but and then duck walk is almost like a, a it's almost like the Russian uh, style the of idea, like yeah. yeah, the Russian style of being on your knees. And you're then down, but down. like you're giving. I, I can't do that. It's I'm sort very of like old. you're giving at that the idea that idea that you're sort of walking like about, that. But there's a movement to it that actually flows. So your back gotta be straight. You gotta make sure you kick your toes. You gotta make sure the opposition in the hands. So. Oh my god! I mean, I don't have a single muscle in my body, <laughs> so I can't. I can't ever do that. Um, I, got you. I uh, what about gagging? Gagging. Okay, so when you're gagging, right? Because it can sort have of two like, different meanings. Yes, it can. Like if I, like I, I'm gonna make you gag. Like that's sort of like you're gonna like oh, clutching your pearls. Like oh my god, what? What? <gasps> In an amazing way. And well, child, it could be an amazing. It could be a bad way. Like I can tell you, like oh my god, I'm about to tell you a story, and you're gonna gag, and you're like oh my god, tell me this story. Let me gag. I wanna, I wanna be excited. I wanna my, I wanna stop my breath. But you can be real shady and be like oh bitch, you're about to gag, and. You see, you felt that, right? It was really intense. <laughs> it could be intense or it could be playful. That's why we love this whole world because we have our own lingo. I love, <sighs> I love you. Thank you for being you, here. Jamila. I'm really happy that we met. Oh my god! Um, mm-hmm. I'm really, and moment. I'm really like not in a patronizing way. Just so yeah. proud of how you've taken to. To, to owning that stage, to mm. to television, to how technical and ridiculous it is. Uh, and uh, I think that the future is so bright for you. And I'm really glad I got in before you get extra famous. Don't oh, forget yes. me and you think oh, I'm your cleaner. Oh, no. You are besties <laughs> from the Westies now. Don't play now, baby. <laughs> I'm excited. But thank you so much. I'm excited for the world to see so, this man. Okay, so um, before you go, yes. I have to I have to ask you: Are you familiar yes. with my platform? I weigh. Yes, I am. So I was wondering if you would tell me mm-hmm. what you weigh. I weigh the man that I become tomorrow, and also enjoy who I am today. I weigh the community that I support and still am a part of. Mm-hmm. The I, king of. Huh? The, the king, king of. <laughs> <laughs> I weigh the representation of how we are definitely explained in our stories and how it can be put in a forefront. I also weigh the style of dance because I'm a dancer and I cannot let it go without the best dances being, you know, sort of told right and explained in such a way that people can get it. The king of. I love that the king of. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the last thing is um, I also weigh, you know, if I haven't talked about I weigh family. I weigh, you know, my friends, I weigh of creating a better tomorrow with those around you. If I can't talk to my friend and tell them how I feel without them either supporting me or also letting me know when I'm wrong, because I love for a friend to be like, uh-uh, no, 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 Jake, nope, stop it. No, that's not what, nope, yep, okay. And I'm like, okay, work, you know, work, bitch, you're telling me something. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I weigh my friends and my family because, like, again, you know, the support have to be there from mm-hmm. somewhere and I my family and friends has been doing that for the most and finally you wear your cheekbones that put Maleficent Ooh, to shame that cuts the thing even 
our special guest judge was like, oh, what's going on? You're about to cut me with those cheeks. One I of the biggest like, oh, supermodels of all time. Oh my gosh, I gagged. I um, gagged. Thank he you so much. Me. Thank you so much for giving me your time. Oh, I'll see you at work. That. I'll see you at work, baby. Yay. Bye. Bye, <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I just want to give an extra massive thank you to the people who helped me make this. Sophia Jennings, my producer and researcher. Kimmy Lucas, my producer. Andrew Carson, my editor. James Blake, my boyfriend who made the beautiful music for this show and now i'd like to leave you by passing the mic to a member of our community sharing their i weigh i weigh the fact that i'm in the class of 2020 despite the pandemic and the self-awareness i've gained from it i weigh my ability to speak up for what i believe in and that i can lend an ear to even those who i don't instantly agree with but above it all i weigh my friendships that have taught me patience and unconditional love love you and all that you do jamila Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.